Oh, good Arab Shabbat. This is Arab Shabbat. I'm Avram Kivilevich, and I'm here, and I can see you're here through the magic site with Rabbi Gabriel Bechafer. How are you doing this Arab Shabbat, Rabbi Gabriel? Thank you. All right, and I know we're sitting here getting ready for Shabbat, and our B'nai Eretz already already holding Shabbat, and we've already said good Shabbat to many of them, our children and our Enochlach in Eretz Yisrael. But they're looking right. forward this Monday to another day off, because uh, in Eretz Yisrael, in Medina Yisrael, there's going to be an election day. So Monday, the Yom Sheni, there's going to be an election for the third time, and I guess less than a year or so, or whatever it is, and the Israelis are going to the polls again. And uh, I'm not such a political person, Riesa, because you know, uh, but you have you've got your uh, ear to the ground and you understand the pulse of the Israeli community maybe perhaps a little better than I do. So it's, I think it's given you some thoughts and maybe some resichos da'ais as well as to the state of what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. So uh, why don't you start us off on this and uh, maybe I'll respond. Go ahead. Well, I think the greatest school of Hashem in Israeli elections is the existence of religious parties. Religious wow. parties, uh, religious parties are, look, make us look, all religious people, look like, uh, bloodsuckers, like, uh-huh. um, machnifim, like, uh, people who are not interested in anything significant other than power and money. Are you talking That's about, good, wait, wait a second, the, the religious parties like the Mavdal, the United Torah Front, or whatever they're called, Shas, all these parties that are basically staffed by Frum Chevra, that'll, and, and this gives them a chance to actually have a Frum people sitting in the Knesset and helping right. shape policy. So, if you're saying that you would like to eliminate that, and you feel, yes. Okay, wow. I'm sure our listeners are now in collective shock. Tell us why. This is a big machlekes in the Jewish Observer once upon a time between Leo Levy and uh, Joseph Elias. Hmm. Uh, whether Leo Levy took the position that they should be eliminated, Joseph Elias took the position they should not be eliminated. Uh, let's go back a little bit to the origin of this with the Auschwitzgemeinde. At the time of the Auschwitzgemeinde in Germany... So, Rev. Shavshavonarch came up with the principle that uh, we're so, not... So let me translate a little bit for our listeners that don't speak uh, Bechafarian German as the way you do, which is that this was when Rav Shavshavonarch uh, wanted to lead his Hevra, uh, the, 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 of the real show in Frankfurt, in order to, uh, that community to separate uh, in the eyes of the German authorities, correct, as to what the community was about, Right. And that they should be considered a separate community from the community of the general community, which included reform elements, or was almost primarily reform. Go ahead. Right. So this goes back, so this is a big mouth like this in the old days between the Mizrahi party and the Agudists. The Agudists held, we cannot participate with anything which is not completely Torah true. And the Mizrahi said, no, we have to work with him. That's the best way to go about it. Yeah, again, so I'm going to interject again. I know you're in your shuckling mood here that you're about to darshan, but Kivalevich always stops you. So let me, again, actually Mizrahi itself, as we know, was a, was itself a chiddush because Herzl originally promulgated the idea that, and he was not anti-religious Herzl, and that's, I guess, part of the reason why, uh, has the image on, on the, on the shekel, whatever it is, the paper money there. Um, 
Herzl originally conceived of the idea of of the Zionist state as not necessarily being religious or anti-religious. In other words, politics is separate from Torah, Ashkofa, and what, what religious things are. This is about getting a society moving, and therefore he felt that the Zionist uh, ideal could have from people in it. Uh, it could have everybody in it. And, and proportionally, based on your numbers, uh, that's the power that you would have, and, and, and people could come together. It didn't make a difference whether they kept Shabbos or kept Kosher or not. That, that was Herzl's uh, Machshova. Then Rhinus and others, or Rhinus and others, they were going to create the Mizrahi, which would be uh, positively working politically with the uh, with, with with the Zionim, working with the Zionistic world. That was that's what Mizrahi wanted. Now go ahead. And you're now you wanted to tell us about the Aguda. What did the Aguda want to do? So Aguda really was not interesting. For it was uh, before the war was anti-Zionist, as we know. Uh, the, there were some, ex- although. The, the extremist, extremist Satmar and Munkach did not associate with Aguda, but uh, there were quite extreme people in Aguda, as including Rabbi Chana Wasserman, who was rapidly anti-Zionist, and they certainly held that you cannot be Mishate Pula, you cannot co- collaborate or cooperate with the Zionist entities. Um, so, so of course, the, of course, uh, that was before there was anything close to a state and a country. That's when right. it was all it was all a Beishalino. There was a Cholom. Right. But go so ahead. The question when the state arose. The Aguna took the policy that they're not, they're gonna sit in coalitions but not serve as ministers. That was kind of their pshara. In other words, that's how they're gonna be ousted. They're gonna be in the government but not take ministerial positions. Only money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, favors. <laughs> so, uh, which means, of course, that, yeah, uh, uh, in theory, although there have been individual Chavay Knesset from the Aguna which have not been like that, in theory, that makes them parasites. Uh, who are disinterested in the society and fabric of the state of Israel, nevertheless uh, sit in its government and milk it for all it's worth. With sit in the uh, government, they didn't take ministerial positions, but they, they were, but the they were, but they were part of the Anshe Knesset, Hagadayla, the Knesset, right? Yeah, uh, they were right. part of. They, they they had seats there, but they were, but, but by not being ministers, they showed their disaffection with the Freya government. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so the, go ahead. So uh, the, uh, the in the late fifties, uh, Paul Aguda separated from Aguda at this point, and they actually took a position in the government of Ministry of Posts, Minister of Posts. Benjamin Mintz became the Sar Hador, uh-huh. and then there was the big split with Paul Aguda and between uh, Aguda and Paul Aguda. And generally speaking, Paul Aguda through the years became somewhat interested in leaving the model of Auschwitz Gemeinde to a certain extent and contributing positively to the uh, um, spiritual, religious, and uh, general health and welfare of Israeli society. So, so what actually, and again, I know uh, because of our long and deep friendship and shared ideas and um over the chasm uh, that, that separates us sometimes. But I know that uh, Poli Aguda was actually the brainchild of the great Rabbi Yitzhak Breuer, right? That's all. And, yeah. and, and I know that he, his Hashkofas in many ways, just like if you would say Chacham uh, Avadya, Zatzal, his Hashkofas shaped Shas. Rabbi Yitzhak Breuer, I guess, was sort of the architect of what Poli Aguda was about. But how did it differ than Rhinus and the others who created the Mizrach? How was that different? Or they, were, they they had no they didn't look at the Zionists 
through rose-colored glasses. They didn't have the Rav Cook perspective that the Zionist movement is a form of tshuva, mm-hmm. which you can explain yeah. if you want. Well, again, I, since we're making all these asides, Rav Cook Satsal, of course, uh, you know, didn't necessarily, again, he had some, a lot of critical statements uh, on, on, on the Zionists. And in fact, Rav Cook and Rhinus did not see eye to eye. Um, Rav Cook, I think, was like, was, was, <laughs> honestly, if you really read his letters, and I don't think he was being duplicitous, I think he was actually asking for a whole different type of Kiddush, a whole type of different perspective. I, I, again, Rhinus, we know, and, and the people who came after him, uh, thought about working, and of course, Rhinus never saw the state of Israel being created, but I think what he imagined, was a reshit of Pula, but the fact that there were from people involved would make sure that the from uh, ideals about education, about Kedushin, about Geirishin, about things in the incipient country that was about to happen would be, uh, would be, they would, their voice would be strongly heard. Um, it was with the recognition that they would be a minority because the world had become, uh, predominantly not from, but by putting all the people who were Shemri Das and Shemri Mitzvah together and getting them more active, they felt that they could move the Colossus that was the Zionist movement and have them accommodate and be involved with the from people. But you're right, it was it, there wouldn't be a sense of animosity and judgment. In fact, they would work together. That was Rhinus. But Rev Royer in Poli Aguda was... Uh, again, I sort of put Rav Cook on the side because I don't think he's really relevant here. But 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 what do you say about no 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 Rabbi Ryan? Okay, fine. But you're right. Uh, the, Rabbi Ryan says was more pragmatic. But the way Rav Cook used to deride his perspective is that okay, it's going to be like uh, the the um, the the like the overall non-Jewish oriented Zionist movement, and they're going to have kosher food for the people who want kosher food. And then have Shabbos for the people who want to keep Shabbos. We're, the orientation we're, will be non-orthodox, non, non-religious, as you put it before, irreligious, more precisely. And then, but we'll do machlaka, machlaka kashrut. We'll do machlaka for kiddushin and nisuin. Whereas what, that was what, 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 what did Breuer's want? What did Breuer want? That, that, you can't do that. You can't agree that uh, there should be a machlaka. This has to, you have to fight for this to be the character of the state of Israel. But not in a negative way, but rather in a positive way to try and influence people to have this understanding. Okay, so they were going to work, and even though it started off with this little uh, uh, ministerial post, post post-mamish, right, of being involved with the post, but then it would somehow, once they got their foot in the door... The hashpo would work based on what? How would they change the overall uh, uh, socialistic, anti-religious outlook of the people they were working with? Or well, they, had, they, they, they were early on the Hezli Yeshiva um, bandwagon. They believe turned their heretz, which means that, of course, you go out and you participate in society. You give people the tools to participate in society. All these things which are enigmatic to uh, the, the Aguda. So he took people to the right of them. So in other words, what what they were talking about was once they are not it's antithetical to what was going on, they would be able to use real and using Hershian concepts, they would be able to create an image of what it would mean to live a, a religious life in Eretz Yisrael, and hopefully that would gain converts to it, and hopefully that would gain that would gain people to be part of. 
the what was happening in the country and people who had formerly been not religious but had been like drifting and looking for a theology and an ideal would be able to throw themselves in with the Poliaguda because Poliaguda was obviously with them in so many ways and eventually you would have a change where the country would actually be in terms of Ashkofen, in terms of actual Maizim, it would be a more it would be a country that would be primarily Shemri Das. Did I put that okay? Very well. Okay. So uh, that 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 attitude is no longer exists in any way, shape, or form in Israeli politics because the political parties we have today, all three of them, and if you want to, the ones who are serving the Knesset at the moment, Shas Aguda and Habayit Hayudi, they all have are are belligerent and antagonistic to some other part of Israeli society. And to themselves, and, not trying, and to themselves right? and among themselves too. Among they themselves are, as well. They aren't exactly themselves dancing the horror together with those clever, right. right? So they, uh, the, the, the uh, in my opinion, uh, Gush Emunim and the settler movement was one of the greatest tragedies in the history of Israel because it, it was antithetical to the notion of being Makariv non-from people. It was a mistake. Perhaps it was not perceivable at the time, but it's festered all over all these 45 years and become worse and worse. So that has how the Bayit Hayudi alienates people. Zaguna couldn't care less about Chilonim except as tools. That's how they alienate people. Shaz couldn't care about anybody else except if they, uh, uh, they give their most those money. And that's how they alienate people. Wow. And the, uh, and, uh, who do I leave out? Who do I leave out anybody? Yeah. I think that's it. Well, right? uh, yeah, you, you walloped everybody just now. Yeah. Yes. Sitting there in, in Muncie, New York, I guess that's easy to do, right? You know, we're not even right. part of it. And, and I think, again, look, the, the reality is, you know, I, I listened to a podcast recently. Uh, it was called, it was on uh, one of my favorite ones. I've mentioned it before, Hidden Brain. And there was a, uh, Eitan Hirsch. I don't know if you know him. He seems to be somewhat of a firm fellow out of Boston. And he did some political research and showed that in America, and we'll talk about this in a minute because we're obviously in the midst of uh, uh, it's going to be Super Tuesday coming the next day, right? That's going to be a very, very big political day. That in America, a lot of the ideas of politics are hobbyistic, which means what people are is about it's a hobby, it's geschmack, it's, it's, it's good lashonara, it's good to listen to, I care about this guy, that guy, but I don't see politics as a way of actually changing my life on a grassroots level. My, my point here is, is that what Eitan Hirsch is talking about is that what we have in America, you know, we want to see, uh, we want to see Mike Bloomberg get the thrashed by Elizabeth Warren. We want to see a good shtuch, uh, from Bernie on somebody else. But, and, and, and therefore we sort of fall in love with the, uh, with the machlekes, with what's going on. It's almost like football and baseball and, 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 and reading people in Us magazine. Whereas in Eretz Yisrael and other places, the politics is very particular. Uh, again, they didn't create the system, but they do need to push their agendas. Politics has to move them to where they're at. If they want to get bus service. They want the buses not to run on Shabbos. They want to be able to make sure, and again, whether it's right or wrong, to get money from the government so the people can still sit and learn and, and, and poor uh, Yungalite can still perhaps get some sort of paycheck. So in their mind, this is how day-to-day life goes. Politics is about pushing their agenda. And right. they know that's the world that they're in. Now, if, if you're right, Rabbi Yosef, that, you know, uh, that they're just parasitic and they're not in the... 
how are they supposed to get what what it's about? What it's about is it, it's not about this big leadership, but how are they supposed to be able to get no bus service? How are they able supposed to get uh, the foods that they need? How are they supposed to be able to get just like every just like the Arabs in Eretz Israel want to get what they want? What's wrong with them? You know, co- coalition having this coalition together? What do you, why, why, uh, you know, it's a good question. Good question, but we're way over time for this week. We're going to have to speak about the results next week, and I'll answer your question. Right. So, so okay. So basically, after this big history lesson between Bethhoff and Kivalevich, what you want to say is is that you would hope because I don't know what the point was. The point was is that it's 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 a sorry spectacle. I'm reading up though. The Bethhoff plan is coming up. I hear. See, I'll tell you. Look, as a podcast, as a podcast maven. At this point, I know part twos. It's hard for people to tune into part twos. Okay, yeah. so very brief because it's very, it's very, very late. late. So tell so, me what at least okay. the end of our part in, one in is. In brief, it should, should be that the uh, uh, we don't have to do part two, but in brief, uh, if you have if the non-religious parties were vying for the reli- vote of a religious public, they would have to provide for the religious public representatives and uh, concessions in order to get their vote. Just like in America, uh, okay. they, they cater special interests. In Israel, it be the same thing. And it's, they would have their own uh, not orthodox um, uh, representatives, like uh, uh, the even although she's ignored by all the Haredim because she's a woman, and she's in uh, the Kachol Avan. They have this new uh, woman, I forget her name, Yankelevich or something right. like that. Uh, what? Right, I sent it to you last night. Yeah, we talked about Yankelwitz last yeah. week at Kalevich this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they're right. So, there are they're having so having a Haredi woman representing in some way what Haredi women stand for and for pushing them. That's an important thing. You're saying even though yeah. she's not part of any firm party, that's an example of what you'd like to see more of. Exactly. Once my time was Dove Lipman. Again, he was he, he was noticed by the Haredi because he was a man, but uh, he also was, re- as a result, uh, derided by, well, the, ne- by them. Well, neither but of us are political scientists, but again, if such a th- that would be an implosion, really, of the whole system the way it is in Eretz Israel now, where you have all these different parties elbowing each other. There would be almost like only two stardom, right? And, That's right. And, we wouldn't have any coalition problems anymore. And, and then you have to throw yourself in, and hopefully the coalition would care, whichever one you were with, even though your numbers. Are still going to be again. There's only 15 percent, or 12 to 15 percent of a, a lot of the. No, it's not true. The today together with the Tzadim and Charedim, it's like 33. Okay, so I was only looking at Charedim itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Well, listen, we'll see what the elections. Uh, right. We'll see I, what I can tell you that they're not hoping for much of a, of a of a different answer next week, but hopefully maybe we'll have uh, some more answers as well right. uh, on, on other issues. We'll see how the American. Uh, Political agenda works out as well. So that's it about as, 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 as our producers are telling us we need to shop for this week. So this is Avram Kivlovich of Yosef. Have a great Shabbos. We'll speak Mitzvah maybe through the week and maybe next Shabbos as well. And as I always say, and I'm going to say without any script today, if you like what you hear and if you want to hear other stuff, so please send us an email, show some support, show us that this is something that you're interested in. And wherever you get your podcast, rate us and review us. And this way we're going to be able to continue these type of incredible conversations and others that you can find on the Shiva New York podcast site. So I'm from Kibbutz. Have a good job. It's Rabbi Isai, and we'll see you next week.